Hey there! Welcome to Imperfectly Pollyanna, a podcast where we have real and honest talk while finding the positive in the imperfections, whether in homeschool, faith, health, or overall life. I am your host, Courtney, a faith-filled homeschool mom of two, certified health coach, medical professional, and eternal optimist. This past week, I was having a chat with my son about where he was academically. He quietly asked if there were things he hadn't learned yet that he should. My heart sank. I wondered if he felt he was behind. Have you ever had that moment when your head said a quick but needed prayer for the right words? Like you're kind of like panicking? That moment held me in a place where that doubt creeped in. The doubt that I have known so well for so many years. The inner voice of, see, you failed him. It lasted just a split second until I told it to pretty much sit down and shut up. And I began having a conversation with him about the difference in school and homeschooling. The question maybe you've asked is, well, I want to homeschool, but now what? (laughs) Or maybe it's, I can't homeschool because, insert whatever your reason may be. I'm going to tell you the same thing that I told my son. In the public school setting, students are kept in this box. They're expected to learn the same way, at the same pace, with the same subjects, and if you falter in any way, you're left behind or seen as less than. I know, I know, not all teachers feel that way, but I was a student in the school setting. I was not homeschooled as a kid. I began falling behind even as early as first grade because I had issues memorizing multiplication facts. In fourth grade, I struggled taking tests and I failed them even after studying at home. In junior high, I hated homework so much that I stopped doing it. I ended up in lunch detention several times. I had parent-teacher meetings and I found that lying was easier than feeling overwhelmed at what all I had to do for class to be able to keep up. High school was a lane of its own because I went from private school to public school at that point. I shared with my son how there are homeschool families that try to have it look like school in their own way. They do specific curriculum, sit at a desk, start right after breakfast, all the things. And that works for them, I guess. And if it does, then that's great. That's what freedom means in homeschooling. But for us... It has been year after year of changing things, trying new things, tossing things out that weren't working or we got bored with. Now, is that the best way to do it? I don't really know, honestly. I would love to have a set of curriculum that both of my kids do well with and I love and we stick with it for all the rest of the time that we have together. I've tried the box curriculums and they have been wonderful until they're not. I've tried the unstructured, and it's been fantastic for my kids, but it leaves me feeling worried that I'm not doing enough. If you've listened to previous episodes, you've heard me talk about fun schooling. Now, this was something new that we tried this past school year. They are journals that they range from covering all subjects except for math to journals that are subject or topic specific. The story behind the creator is so inspiring and I've been able to see the way that families have embraced it, and it's so incredible how they use it to fit their family. The basis of fun schooling is that you allow your child to be involved in their education. 
learning about subjects that they are passionate about using library books, audiobooks, documentaries, anything and everything they want in order to learn more about those subjects. It has been fun having my kids choose books from the library and flip through the pages while filling out their journals. We started out really well and really the whole year went better than the previous ones. We also found a math curriculum that we loved. It's called Life of Fred. I think I've mentioned it before, but it's this fun story of a five-year-old math professor and he's a math professor at a university. (laughs) The story continues from one book to another and it has had our family laughing hysterically and learning together. Even though my son was well past the first books as far as math skills, we still began at the beginning and moved quickly through. This allowed him to build confidence, review things, and find a joy in learning. Not only do they cover math in the Life of Fred books, but it brings in all sorts of other topics from geography, art history, Bible stories, and seriously, the list just goes on and on. Now, my daughter has wanted to start using the books for her own math curriculum, so We've started over with her at book one. I'm not kidding when I say that even I am learning things. I never knew, for real. So back to the chat with my son. In my desire to have a good, productive conversation, I just decided that honesty is the best policy. I've always tried to be very open with my kids, no matter the subject. And it has been a lot of work to share when I'm feeling different emotions and letting them in. Not because we need to be friends, but because I think it's important for them to see that I have the same emotions they do and that they are normal and that we can choose what we do with them, even if it means apologizing when they hurt someone else or admitting when something isn't working. As I sat with my son, I finally told him, I have two goals for the both of you with homeschooling. The first is to know the Lord. I want you to know him, who he is and how to live for and serve him. The second goal is to be able to function in the world by the time you're 18. I admitted to him my worries over the years of whether we were meeting standards, learning the right subjects at the right time, and that my goals have changed since we first started. I told him, if I can accomplish those two goals, then the rest will work itself out, and I have to remind myself of that on a daily basis. We continued talking about subjects and ideas, and before I knew it, he and I had picked out something for him to try this fall. It's from the company called Gather Round. We actually did a mini unit from them at Easter and really enjoyed it just all together as a family. This time he picked out two units to do and we placed the order. Yay, I can't wait for it to get here. I had asked both kids if they wanted to continue fun schooling or try Gather Round this year. And of course, each one picked differently. While the last few years has had me having them do the same thing as much as I could, this year will be different. Although, I am sure that each will bleed into the other. I'm really excited about this new stuff, though. He picked out farming and food and ancient civilizations. Like fun schooling, it covers all subjects except for math. I love that my son feels he can have those real talks with me and be open with how he's feeling, what's working, what his concerns are, and that he trusts me to help. I know I'm not naive. I'm well aware that it may not always be like that, and it probably won't be, but I'm going to enjoy the moment. By the end of the conversation, we had gotten to talking about the show, The Chosen. Yes, I'm talking about it again, because if you've not watched it, seriously, what are you waiting for? 
The kids and I had started watching season one from the beginning, probably about a month ago. And then we just stopped just because life happened. But this time, during the conversation, my son began asking if the show had any special effects for any of the miracles. And so I began telling him about um, the fish in the story of Simon and the other disciples and they're fishing and or they're trying to fish and they're not catching any. And then Jesus comes along and says, cast your net. And so I was telling him about the special effects for that. It was super cool. It's season one, episode four, I think. And so before you knew it, we were watching the rest of episode three and then finishing that exact one before bed, episode four. Seeing him light up and laugh right along with the excitement of the disciples was so good for my soul. The following day, I had my daughter pick out different fun schooling journals she wants to use this year. Her core journal is fun schooling with horses, which if you don't know her, it's so much more of a passion than I could ever explain. She's already begun asking when her journals will arrive, and not only that, we already have a few of them, and she has been working in one for the last several days. I love when my kids are excited. I love that we get to do this together as a family. I also love when I am reminded that my kids will be just fine by the time they are out from under our house. It's exciting to live life with them. At the beginning of this episode, I mentioned that you may be saying, I want to homeschool, now what? Or maybe you think you could do it if only blah, 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 whatever your holdup or concern is. I want you to know that those worries, that confusion, the overwhelming concerns and emotions are 100% normal and have been felt by every single homeschool family at least once. If you're like me, you feel them several times. Okay, every year, but who's counting? Homeschool doesn't look the same for everyone. Some like it sitting at a desk, beginning at 8 a.m. full curriculum. Others piece things together based on style, learning abilities, or other preferences. Then there are others who choose to learn by living. They see life as an education and learn based off of that. Whatever works, works. And I will say most families don't find a good groove until eeks at least three years in. Not to say the kids are failing until then, but it takes that long to find what works for each person. And then there's people like us who change based on what's working at the moment. There is no doing it wrong in homeschool. There is only freedom. With freedom brings sacrifice. It does not bring the easy life. It does not mean no rain at all. But what it does mean is still finding rainbows along the way. It does mean personal growth for you as the parent, teacher, bus driver, principal, janitor, and all the other roles. Seriously, if homeschool were described in two words as a parent, I would choose personal growth. It tests every single part of you. It challenges what you have always thought and how you have always seen the world. It stretches your patience and belief in yourself and your own capabilities. Kind of like what parenting in general does, right? If I could tell you one thing about homeschooling, it's that it's possible to start at any time, in any way that works. And even when the world or family or even you doubt your ability to teach your kids, you can do it. Maybe you aren't sure where to start. I want to help you with that. It can be so overwhelming with resources. I know I've been there. I still, actually, I still get overwhelmed on a regular basis in homeschooling. 
just because I like all the newest and latest and greatest things. And I want to make sure that I'm using the best for my kids. But today I have three simple things that you can do. First of all, if you go to hslda.org, you will find your state requirements as well as other resources. This is a homeschool legal defense organization. You do not have to be members to see the state laws and tons of other stuff, but I highly suggest you become one, especially if you're worried about someone coming after you after you've decided to homeschool. Plus, your membership gets you access to all sorts of deals and discounts, and who doesn't love that? The next thing to check out is Kathy Duffy Online. She has written several books that are available at your local library. She covers different learning styles and then offers suggestions on curriculum that would complement your style. Finally, find a local support group. You can search homeschool with your state on social media and find groups galore. If you find one and you don't feel you fit in there, find another one or create your own. Or shoot, send me a message on Facebook, Instagram, or email me, whatever, and I will help you get it figured out. I got you. There you have it. Three things. Legal support, curriculum support, and real life support. We started our journey from the beginning. It's had so many bumps along the way that I've now decided homeschooling feels a lot like how the Beverly Hillbillies looked riding in their old beat-up truck, rumbling down the road, carrying their belongings to a greener living. Actually, now that I think about it, homeschooling is a lot like that for many reasons. It's bumpy, it doesn't always look pretty and perfect, but when you're with family, it is well worth it in the end. While we started at the beginning, so many come in after already experiencing the public school system. Sometimes it has been elementary level, some middle school, high school. I have even seen kids pulled to homeschool their last year or two of high school. It is time. Actually, it's past time for us to stand up as parents and do what is truly best for our kids and our family. Am I saying everyone should homeschool? Not necessarily. I do think that is the best choice for us. I do believe the education system is broken, like with many other things in this world. I do think more families should choose to homeschool, no matter how rough and rocky it begins, but I'm not judging those who choose not to. That being said, I stand by the fact that the school system should not be in control of when and how our kids learn about certain topics. They are not there to teach our kids about the latest trending things on social media and influence them based on their opinions. The school system's job is to educate, to assist parents, to assist us, to help the students, our kids, learn about things like reading, writing, arithmetic, to leave it up to the parents to lead them in the ways of religious beliefs, outside of history, of course, sexual orientation, and yes, even when it comes to making their kids feel like they need to apologize for how they were created. Is every family able to accomplish that? I believe that they could, if given resources and abilities, but reality is that, again, the system is broken, and there are children out there who need the school system to care for them. God bless those educators who take that on, truly. But for my household, for yours, we have got to stand up for our kids. Be braver. Encourage one another in love. Don't be blind by thinking it'll never happen to our kid, or our kid will never do that, or that's not something I need to worry about right now. No. By taking a stand, by living every day to the best of our abilities, 
by showing our kids what it means to live a life full of love, compassion, forgiveness, we will raise the next generation to be woke, but not in the way the world expects. Our kids were born at this time, for this time. We were also made to be parents for this time. If you've not kept up with the show, The Chosen, it just finished its second season this past weekend. And do you remember a movie or a show when you were so moved that you couldn't stop crying? There's not many that have had that sort of effect on me. The movie My Girl, that was awful. And I have only ever watched it one time through. It was that bad. Steel Magnolias, oh goodness. Oh, and then there was the episode where Grey's Anatomy killed off Derek Shepard. Y'all, I had so many tears. I couldn't even talk about it. But this last episode of season two with The Chosen, it wrecked me. It moved me to tears that I still had the next day. Absolutely beautiful and sad all at the same time. Like I could not stop crying. I don't want to give any spoilers for those who aren't caught up yet, but I will say that there's a scene when Jesus is working through his Sermon on the Mount with Matthew. He is thinking of each disciple as he works through each beatitude. Then there are a few lines that I wanted to share here with you. It is taken from Matthew chapter 5. It says, Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Now, skipping forward a bit, he says, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. You are the light of the world. You give light to all who are in your house. If you're not in a place where you can be proud of, maybe you've screwed up so much as a parent or even as an individual, been there. Find a way to fix the brokenness and help lead your family in the right direction. Be a lamp. Does that mean starting new today with decisions? Does that mean following through with things you feel convicted about? Does it mean finding a way to connect with your kids, spending daily time with God in conversation, listening to Him and not the world? Know that homeschool is not for the faint of heart, but neither is living in this world. If you are feeling led to walk a certain path, walk in confidence and obedience. You've got a decision to make. People may not agree with you. It may look like the clampets, <laughs> but you have been called. Your children are called. Life is not meant for you to just sit and binge Netflix, though I highly suggest binging The Chosen on their free app, by the way. <laughs> but yes, life is meant to be lived, taking chances, changing the world for the better. And it begins in our own hearts, our own homes. I'm hoping this podcast finds those needing encouragement, support, and community. If that's you, you found a friend. If you know of someone who would enjoy being a part, I'd love for you to share this episode with them. I have a small group over on Facebook that you're welcome to come and hang out with. I will link it in the show notes along with other things mentioned in this episode. I hope you'll continue showing up as we find the good together. Remember, you are loved, and I am so glad you're here. See you next time. <laughs>